Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Jawson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. And I hope everyone's doing well. What we're going to talk about today, folks, has to do with something that people will commonly encounter when it comes to dating. The current artist, the scammer, yes, that individual. Now, when we think of cons, we're thinking of somebody that's going to probably maybe get a few dollars out of you, or maybe lead you on in some way that's harmless. When we look at some of the larger current artists like uh, Madoff, Bickman Freed, and uh, the lady over at Theranos, they're in the same category as somebody that would deceive you in dating. The reason being, there are certain things that go on with uh, individuals who are like this. We live in an age of hype. The person may present themselves on Instagram or Twitter, Facebook, or any other social media platform as being this great, phenomenal person. And of course, what do current artists depend on? They're depending on our optimism of good in people and humanity in general. That's what actually gives them the incentive to do so. You'll be more optimistic about that person than you'll be pessimistic or even objective. The person can make mistakes or even make deliberate errors and they're forgiven at face value. You on the other hand may not be so because you're not as charismatic as they are you're not as convincing as they are. You know, when I talk about relationships and when a person has to persuade you to date them, that means you already have reservations about that person. A red flag has already gone off. And you're at a point now of seeing whether or not you're going to ignore it. So what do you do? You take that red flag and then you make it yellow, a caution flag when it should be read where you should stop. But instead, you just slow down, which gives this person a chance in order to reconcile and clear up any discrepancies in order to continue to convince you to be with them. Now, the one thing that you have to realize, if you're one of these people that think that you're smarter than the con artist or the scammer, you've already lost. They've been doing it longer than you have been objective about it. 
because you don't do it as a natural part of your life. They do. So that's the difference. You're outmanned and outgunned. And what happens is when you go in and you're overconfident in something that you're not really competent in, then what happens, you wind up losing. Plain and simple. You see, one thing to keep in mind about the whole thing is that these individuals, they objectify people. You're not a person, you're an opportunity. And that's what they look at. I remember going to mixers years ago, and we'd go to these networking mixers. And there would be people there with the business cards, handful of business cards. And you're thinking that they're there for a relationship in that that was the actual theme of the mixer. But in actuality, these people are on a recruitment venture trying to get you to sign up for multi-level marketing scams or some sort of investment scheme. So a couple of things you have to keep in mind with these scammers. Usually they're going to isolate. What I mean by this in general, they got to make sure that you feel as though something's exclusive to you. Oh, nobody's investing in this investment vehicle. It's just a private matter. And you're going to be the first in order to rule the world with me and all of us people that know better. Because they have to convince you. And then after that, they have to qualify you. Now, what a lot of them will do, they will make it seem as though whatever that they have has more value than you are. Not you have, than you are. In other words, you as a person have to measure up to be in their club. And the rub a lot of times is, well, you know, um, in order to be one of us, you have to invest about $100,000. Well, what do people want to do? They want to be a part of something larger than they are. Why do you think people go to church? something larger and more grander than they are. Why do you think people join organizations? They go to prestigious schools. They want the identity associated with with something greater than they are. And so naturally, they play on those sentiments. So you go on, you empty out your 401k or empty your bank account so you can be one of those chosen few. Now that you've done that, and that person realized, okay, I got them to initially be involved. Let me see if I can cultivate this relationship and see if I can get more from them. And then, of course, they turn the pages and they give you this narrative about how great things are going to be. Now, people do the same thing in relationships. Because once they got you under the hook... The only thing they're going to do then is suck you into the vortex of that black hole. Now, the question is, where are they taking you? That's whether you're investing financially or whether you're investing emotionally. Because you don't know your destination. And this is where they want you. That's the reason why I tell you folks, 
When you go on these dating sites, you better be definitive of what you want and where you're going. Long-term relationship, short-term relationship, whatever it is. Because a scammer is going to take you off course. And I'm not just talking about the scammer that's talking over the internet with you. I'm talking about some of the ones that you will actually meet who do this on a regular basis. Now, the other thing to keep in mind with these people, sometimes they're sociopathic, so they don't have any empathy for anyone. So whatever they do, if they use someone, they don't care. They don't have guilt. They don't feel it because they're justified and they will always justify what they're doing. You know, if you looked at the interview with uh, Sam Bakeman-Fried, when uh, the ABC uh, correspondent interviewed him, and he asked him, did you lie? Guess what he did? He sidestepped the question, and what he brought back was the word truth. You see, that's what they do. They avoid the obvious and they superimpose the superficial. This is what they have to do in order to keep justifying it to themselves. Because see, they believe that they're right. And the one thing that they don't want to have is that moral consciousness to pop up. Now, I've run across plenty female scammers throughout my life. And it was a lot harder back then because you didn't have the internet, so you had to take people at their word. And a couple of things that I ran into. Presentation was great. Woman was beautiful. Oh, and she had the nice vehicle, BMW, Mercedes. Attractive. Very well-read and well-rounded. But here's the thing. They weren't investing in themselves to go to school, but they lied about going to school. They lied about certain things. So I had to do my due diligence and ask certain questions. And that's how I found them out. Because some of the things they said didn't quite make sense. I remember one lady in particular, she was working for Primerica supposedly, one of those uh, insurance companies that were very popular at the time. And she was telling me about how many millions of dollars that she had brought in in business and all this stuff, you know, patting herself on the back and everything. And she said she graduated from Harvard. And I was like, oh, that's impressive. And she says, yes, living in Connecticut is something else, blah, 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 blah. And she was trying to go on with her life there at quote-unquote Harvard. Well, anybody with half a brain knows that Harvard is not in Connecticut. Apparently, she never took geography. But she thought that she could get over like that because she had been using it. And when most people would hear Harvard, everything else would just be voided out. Oh, I could trust her because she mentioned a name that I look up to. And this is what a lot of these folks will do. They will go and align themselves with institutions or whatever that will give them credibility. 
you know, drop a name like, you know, Chase, um, you name it. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to convince you that they're legit. But you have to keep remembering this person is trying to convince you of something so that right there tells you that there's a flaw. So what are they doing in essence? They're trying to take away your choice. Now, I'm going to get a little controversial here, but I'm going to tell you the truth. One of the things that's happening with this whole culture war thing in America is this. You have one side that feels as though their choices are being taken away. You have another side of the equation that feels as though they have not expressed themselves. And so the problem comes in when society's trying to debate what would be the happy medium because we already have the extremes so where's the middle ground and it's going to be one of the most difficult things to really look at so in essence on the extreme measure the right feels as though people who are trying to change their gender are deceitful The people who are trying to change their gender are saying, you're mean. But we have to face one thing. It's a delusion. You were born as what you are. That's not going to change. You may change and alter and modify yourselves. That's all well and good. That's your right to do. You can believe you're whatever you're trying to be. But here is the thing. What happens with people when they die? They return back to what they were before they changed over. So this has to do more with them existing in the way they would prefer to be recognized and live. Nothing's wrong with that. However, the argument comes down to children. And of course, that's been the biggest argument in this country. What about the children? Whenever there's any kind of controversial issue, they will throw the children in there as a stopgap to stop the conversation. Whether it was gun violence, whether it was drugs, whether it was abductions, and now you're talking about human trafficking and you're talking about gender identity. Now, here's the thing. No matter where you line up on that argument, what we look at is this. We look at the fact that when it comes down to delusions, and this is where the parallel is between carn artists and people who try to be something they're not. And this is the problem for many people in our society. Because they want authenticity. Now, there are some people that are grounded. And they say, okay, I was born a man. I was born in the wrong body. I want to be a female. All right, that's pretty declarative and clear. 
So be it. So go on and do the thing that you would like to do in that transition. The problem comes in when they try to make the convincing argument of I was always that way. And that's where they come into conflict with biological women and that's when they come into conflict with many of the other aspects of society. Again, if I was a current artist, it would have been a situation where I'm trying to convince you that I'm a billionaire when I'm not, right? It's the same thing. But it's how you approach it. Now, is this to say that transgender people are con artists? No. But what I'm saying is, it's the perception that many people in broader society may see them as. You see, when I heard the comparison a lot of times, when they were compared to a minority. A minority stuck being a minority no matter what. You're not going to change your skin color. So no matter where you go, you can't feel black. You can't feel Latin. You can't feel Asian. That's what you are. A white transgender person can put on a business suit, do away with the makeup, and all of the work that they've done, and revert back. And they still have the status in society that still puts the minority in the same place they were in the first place. It doesn't change. So you can't make that argument based on that premise. Because one has a choice, the other one doesn't. And when you're dealing with an internal personal battle, That's an individualized thing. Your skin color is external. It's not only individualized with your feelings, but it's also the way you're treated by society based on that premise, something you cannot change. Can't go and put skin bleach on and then all of a sudden just magically fit in with society. It's just the way it goes. Now, Here's the thing that I would tell you when it comes down to this in particular. We live by perceptions a lot. And so with this, people think that there's something eerie or strange going on. Not always the case. In most cases, because I have plenty of transgender friends who had made the transitions way back in a period when it was not popular at all. And they went on and did it. Now, the problem is, is that it's become so glamorized and popular that even people that aren't even planning on taking advantage of the opportunity are saying, let me throw my hat in so I can get some of these rights and privileges. Some of the other people who genuinely a body dysmorphia or whatever condition I want to benefit from them and what these people are going to wind up doing and I'm not talking about the people who are transitioning for personal reasons 
I'm talking about the people who are riding on the coattails of those folks so they can go in and have access to a woman's bathroom and those kind of things. I'm talking about the guy who's straight is playing the role so he can get into those environments. Something we have to think about. Because the way I used to think of it was after talking to a co-worker of mine who had transitioned, he did it at the time before he became a she because this person thought it was easier being a woman. Didn't have to work as hard, have somebody take care of them. That literally was his argument. So I couldn't knock that person for their hustle. That's what they wanted to do, but that was that individual. Everybody has their own reasoning for doing things. Be thankful you're in a country where you can change up and do these things. Couldn't do it in Hungary. There are a lot of other countries you couldn't do this in. But you don't have those personal freedoms like you do here. Now, let's get back to the con. What this means is that, you know when some of the guys may go and talk to a person online and they get catfished, the person didn't tell them the truth about themselves. That person's conning you. Deceiving you. Plain and simple. Now, are these people evil? Well, some can be. Um, it all depends. I look at the lady that ran Theranos as having evil intentions. A lot of people really depended on the way she presented the services and the technology they offer. There were a lot of people who were going to wind up being ill and dying. And they were looking for hope in that sense. And the only thing she was looking for was notoriety. You know, I watched the, uh, the uh, interview on NBC, and they were talking about her. And one of the ladies brought out the fact that, hey, she used to wear the black turtlenecks, and, you know, she was like one of the Silicon Valley type folks, you know, kind of confident. And now all of a sudden, she had softened up the pastels. And she wanted to be more likable, more humanized. And this is one thing that you'll find with current artists for the most part. They want to be humanized. But they don't want to humanize you. Now, when it comes in the context of dating, and I know some people in the LGBTQ community, once again, you come up with one word, pride would not be a good word. And here's why I say this. You have white pride, black pride, every other kind of pride, right? So it's like you're kind of aligning yourself with a race. You want to be different. And there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing that I'm getting at. Some folks are having some difficulties being who they are. They know they were supposed to be in another body, etc., etc. Nothing's wrong with that. 
Nothing's wrong with them going through the transition and changing. The problem is that small segment that's out there who deceive men and say all these wonderful things to them about how they're going to have children and have a family, but they fail to tell them that they were not born biologically a woman. I mean, a man. But here's the problem. The problem is, just like with biological women, biological men who lie to each other, what do they do? They omit. And the person's thinking they're being discriminated against because of their gender. No, you're being discriminated because of the lie you told. And this is what they mix up sometimes. And they try to put that in the mix. And what are they trying to do? Take away your choice in saying yes or no. And this is the problem that many on the right and traditionalists have with the transgender community. Now, I'm not speaking for everybody. And there are people that just genuinely don't like people that, you know, may not find comfort in the body they were born in. I say live and let live because of the fact that you're only on this planet for a short period of time. So you got to make the best of it. So if that is something that you can cope with, go for it. I don't have a problem with it. But I think that what we have to do is not be delusional in the sense that we now have so many things now that does not have to be real. And we believe them. Remember the whole kick on veganism not too long ago? How they talked about, oh, you had vegan chicken, vegan duck, vegan lobster, vegan this, vegan that. And guess what they had to do? They had to persuade you to make it relatable to something that you normally eat in order for you to consider it. The delusion. It was not lobster. It was plant-based. And we have to watch this, folks. We don't have to be mean to each other. But one thing that we do have to understand is that you're going to have different perspectives on life in general, on how people should live their lives. But they're only your perspectives, not theirs. So they think they're morally just with deception. And I'm not talking transgender community. I'm talking people who are deceitful no matter what gender or race you are. Because they have con artists in every aspect of our existence. Doesn't matter about gender. It doesn't stop with gender and race. And these are things we need to face. Now, you have grifters, people that are going to go out and not have any remorse. You know, the lady who had faked about being this heiress that had the New York socialites 
really thinking, oh, you know, she's this woman that inherited this money. And when they interviewed her, it was kind of funny. The lady asked her, did she have any guilt? She didn't. I see that's what happens. There's a sense of a lack of moral consciousness with deceitful people. Now, in no way am I saying that because of your gender choice or because of anything else that you're being deceitful. Deceit is by a separate act of deception. I always tell trans women, tell a man that you are a transgender person before you talk to them. Do it over the internet when you're first engaging in conversation. Give him the choice to say yes or no. A lot of them get in trouble when they don't. That's just the way it is. The same thing if a woman is married. If a biological woman is married. And he goes and takes her out. And her husband has followed her. And followed them on a date. And you got problems. Anything that's going to jeopardize your livelihood based on something that you have done and not told that individual about. That could jeopardize your well-being and their well-being. And I know a lot of you won't agree with me and I'll have all kind of messages and emails. But here is the thing. Your job is not to persuade me or convince me. Just like my job is not to do the same to you. It's just to make you think. That's all I want to do. It has nothing else. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm not trying to convert you. I'm not trying to make you a Christian. Nothing like that. Because I'm going to tell you folks. Two groups of people that have fucked me over the most in life have been people who said they were Christians. People who said they were black like me. The ones that would say bro and shit like that. Yeah, those. Usually you get hurt by the people you trust the most, right? Now, the other thing that you have to realize is this. We're talking about the cons now, the definite cons. The other thing you have to realize is that once they have your vote of confidence, they get comfortable. Or they build those relationships with you. You guys are playing golf, shaking hands, going to dinner, laughing, ha-ha, kiki I don't know why they say kiki because most people are hee But what happens, they go out and they do this. And the relationships normalize. Now, believe it or not, there are some con artists that will get to a point where they will actually like the person that they're conning and may lay off of that person and go and find another victim and they kind of insulate that person from being hurt by them there was a lady that I dated who did this very same thing 
She was involved in an, an investment scam. I didn't know it at the time. And at first she hit me with the portfolio and started telling me about, you know, you should invest in this, blah, 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 blah. And it was to invest in some real estate. And she had the brochures with the pictures of all of these expanses of land that was supposed to be in Oklahoma, which didn't exist. The pictures were actually taken in Montana. And she got those pictures from a travel brochure. But this is what they put together. And so, I'm looking at this. And apparently, she had never been to Oklahoma. Oklahoma doesn't have mountains. These photos has mountains. I'm like, wait a minute. But I didn't say anything. I just went on and let her do her spiel. And so she initially asked me for a $10,000 investment. I laughed until I didn't have it, which I did have it in the bank, but I wasn't going to give it to her. I had more than that. And I could tell she kind of liked me because she laid off more of the investment talk. I wanted to know more about me. But yet she was going out, meeting all these other clients, supposedly. Well, I called her one night and she says, um, I can't talk right now. Could I call you back? That was the last I heard from her. I look up. She's in jail. Fraud. It ripped off people. She was involved with this scam. It happens, folks. But you got to realize that people are motivated for different reasons. So 30 plus years of dating, I've run across a lot of things. And I'll tell you one thing for sure. When it comes down to a con artist, they're going to really make you think that your shit don't stink. They're going to be one of these folks that are going to blow so much smoke up your ass, you're going to believe every word they say. And the one thing they're not going to do is expose too much about themselves. They're going to always have that mystery. And they'll fabricate a history. Look at what uh, the guy did out of Long Island in the Republican Party. He was used to getting caught in lies. And what did he do? He did what Hitler said. You tell a bigger lie. But you only have to tell the truth one time. You got to tell the lie over a thousand. And every time you tell it, it's a different variation of it. With our day and age of technology, hype is the big thing. That's one of the reasons why I didn't base this show on any kind of income. Because the information was far more important than the money. Hell, I could have packaged this and made a shitload of money off of it. I chose not to. Because you're already exploited enough. 
and I feel as though we should be able to share our experiences without necessarily exploiting each other about it. It's just like we're having a conversation. I meet you in a coffee shop and we're just sitting here talking. The only thing I ask is that you subscribe to the show and have others subscribe. I don't get any money from it, but it helps because it helps me get into other markets where other people can hear the message. Because see, the message is more important than the money. You go to a lot of these other channels, they're always trying to guide you to something, some kind of product or something. I finance this my whole, everything is financed by me for this show. Comes out of my pocket. I'm not rich by no stretch. Now, the one thing I want you to understand, too, and the reason why I do this show is so that some of the things that I've learned and was passed on to me that I learned along the way, I'm passing them on to you as tools that some of you may be able to use, others of you may not be able to use. Who knows? I'm not coming at you at an angle, and as I told you, on this show, I'll never ask you for a dollar. I'll never have subscriber base. I made that abundantly clear. If I ever need revenue for this show, I'm going to advertisers. With the understanding that this show doesn't change. The format doesn't change. The comment, the content doesn't change. Because I'm not running commercials. Because in this way, we can talk about subjects that are sensitive, that affect people's lives. Now, what we also have to realize about these folks is that when they're going to be found out, they will discard you quickly. They're not going to sit there and uh, let you know about their history or anything like that. You know the sensitivities I talk about that people will protect? Because two things people will protect. Their sensitivities and their addictions. They'll become very defensive on those too. The problem for many people is they have so many sensitivities. Emotional sensitivities. That they are very difficult to date. And it's best sometimes to not even date that person because they're so vulnerable that they may be taken by someone else. I don't mean taken as far as into another relationship. I mean taken as a sucker. Because the one thing that a man really is afraid of, if he gets in a relationship, having a vulnerable woman. Because, see, he tries to protect his woman. But when she's vulnerable, and she says, oh, I'll just give in. He's a man. It makes him worry. And he feels as though I got to be hyper-vigilant around her. I have to always protect her because she can't protect herself in any kind of way. 
I'm talking about emotionally. They get sidetracked and before you know it, they get involved in something you have any clue about. I dated a lady one time and it was crazy because her mother told me, I don't think it would be wise for you to date my daughter. And she wanted me to meet her mother immediately. So we went on, I think, a third date or so, and I met her mom. Very attractive woman, very smart, but she knew her daughter like the back of her hand. And she told me, she said, my daughter's not ready for a relationship. She's not emotionally mature enough. And she let me know some things I really didn't need to know and didn't ask about. She went on to tell me about how her daughter had been manipulated out of several relationships by other men. And she told me, she said, right now, she's going to join a religious group in Denver. And she's going to leave. She didn't tell you that, did she? I said, no, she didn't. So when I confronted her about that, she said, oh, yeah, well, you know, it, it, it's an, a retreat I'm planning on going to. It wasn't a damn retreat. It was a cult. These people had to dress in white. They had to denounce their family. And their leader was going to give them a new name. And he was going to choose who was going to be their partner. That woman dropped me like a hot potato. Took her ass to Denver. And they moved out somewhere in Colorado and live in this compound. And her mother was absolutely right about it. Some people have that knack, have that charisma, and that influence for good or evil. And usually what happens, people with low self-esteem will follow charismatic leaders no matter how good or bad they are. That's one of the reasons why I never call myself a coach, a guru, a life coach, or anything like that. Because I don't look at you people as being people with low self-esteem. I look at all of you as leaders if you're listening to this show. You're not followers, you're leaders. Each of you are contending with your own path in life, the best way you know how, with the tools you have. You see, the one thing to keep in mind, a lot of people who are looking for the Messiah, who are looking for someone to lead them, they were already lost before they start following that person. You look at all of the things Donald Trump has done in those four years of office, and you have people still defending him. Even if he gets indicted, people will still defend him. Because they want to believe in something that's better than themselves. Then you have those people that don't want to be wrong. And no matter how you think about it, 
They want to be right. They're going to be right because they have that confirmation bias. If Trump says that he was a victim of the Justice Department, yeah, that's right, you're a victim of the Justice Department. Boo his Justice Department. You have people that are upset with the institutions in general, or government. And this is their way of lashing out. Get someone to go to Washington and shake things up. Remember that? You used to hear that shit all the time? Like they were just going for an entertainment show. And not looking at it as the business of a nation. That will impact all of us. You know, I get a lot of criticism on this show. People write in, and guess who I hear from the most? A lot of African-American people. Tearing me down. Oh, you shouldn't be talking about that. You're revealing secrets about the community and that kind of, I'm not revealing shit. Come on now. We had a civil rights movement where we were trying to get rights, where we were out in the streets Asking for equality. How in the hell are you going to keep that quiet? Still on that same thing. And just like any other society and culture, race, we all have our flaws. It's a human thing. It's not a racial thing. It's not a gender thing. You know, one day we should all say fuck it and just get along with everybody. Oh, that'd be utopian. That'd be idealistic. But what divides us? Politics and religion. The very two things that man created. We created the separation. Nobody else did. We did that shit. We wrote a whole bunch of bullshit about what we thought should happen. Calling people emperor. Calling people the son of God. Oh, that's us. And you could go back to the Caesarean leadership in Rome. A man that could die just like anyone else called emperor. Mighty funny, all of these people died and then we had this big ass story behind their deaths. Where they are. We have this narrative. Well, we could say that shit while we are alive. Nobody came back and told us yet that have died and came back. And you hear the people that say, oh, you know, yeah, I walked into the light. You know, I was on the trauma table and I was about ready to look. Okay, that's fine. But did you die? I'm not talking about for a few minutes. Nope. Well, your heart stopped beating. I'm talking about where you completely checked out and never came back. And then you came back. We look for miraculous miracles. 
and sometimes we look for them in other people instead of the miracle within ourselves. You know what that miracle is? Going forward and living our best life. That's your miracle. Waiting for somebody else to make it or create it, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's a politician, whether it's a religious figure. We have to rethink things. And we also have to look at the fact that, and as a kid, I used to ask this question. I said, all this stuff happened in the Old Testament, New Testament, all this earth-shattering shit. Why isn't it happening now? They had no answer, because they didn't know. That's one thing I can openly say. I don't know, and I'm proud to say it. Because I'm confident enough to say it. Other people aren't, and they gotta make up shit. Alright, Gary from Fort Wayne, Indiana writes the following. My relationship has become very taxing now. It's like I spend more time trying to console my partner than anything else. She's always been insecure, but now it's gotten to a point where literally I'm taking time off work. She's afraid to be alone. I don't know where this comes from, but now it's gotten so overbearing that I'm really worried about losing my job. I've already warned her about this, and I told her that we need to go to counseling. She refused. She just wants me to be with her. She's already accused me of having several affairs, which I have not had. I've been working overtime in order to make up for the time lost that I had taken off for her behalf. Now I'm at a point of no return. I'm seriously thinking about going for a divorce. Your thoughts would be appreciated. Gary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Gary, um, here's what I would say. I'm not in your shoes first. So please only understand that I'm using this based on what I would do. And I apologize for not uh, responding back to your email, but you know what? There's no customer service department here. But anyway, here's the thing. An emotionally draining person is the absolute worst person you could be in a relationship with. By far. They're hypersensitive and they're a big waste of time. My opinion only, because I've dealt with these types of situations. This is what discouraged me from becoming a therapist. Because I'm serious. You will have some people that you will encounter that will be so offended by everything you say. They want you to politically correct things. And it's annoying as hell. And what happens, they become so hypersensitive that they're very easy to manipulate. They're very easy to trigger. And as I told you in the first portion of this podcast, Who's the best person to have as a victim? 
or a kind person. Someone who's easily triggered. Because the more sensitive you are, the easier you are to manipulate. Let me tell you something. This is an old trick women used to do out in the clubs. Take for instance a woman like the man. She would come to him with a condescending remark in order to start a conversation. And the guy would get triggered by it. And of course, he's going to defend his manhood. And usually she would always try to infringe on that by saying something that was not appropriate. Like she may say something like, yeah, you know, I would be your girl if you were a man or if you were more manly. But she would do that in a provocative sense to get him into a conversation. It's like the backhanded compliment that men will say, yeah, you know, you look nice in a dress if it was three sizes smaller or three sizes larger, depending on whether or not she was too skinny or too fat. And of course, once she sees that she had triggered him, he said, oh, he'll be easy to control. I'll have him eating out of my hand. And I used to see it all the time. I'll tell you about the lady that came in the bar who was married, in a bad marriage, and she was kissing and hugging all the men on the wall and everything as she came in. They knew, all, they knew her and everything. They treated her like a goddess. And then she came to the bar, and she's sighing and looking at me. Well, aren't you going to buy me a drink? <laughs> no, the red carpet ended when you hugged the last guy, because I don't give a fuck about you, your personality. Yeah, you look nice, but as far as I see, this is what I was thinking. You don't get that red carpet treatment. You don't, you're not behind the velvet rope yet. Stay your ass over there in, in line. A sense of entitlement. That's what happens. So, Gary, I understand that you're afraid of the vulnerability that you're going to be dealing with with her. And it's a concern. There have been a many married women that I talked to in nightclubs and restaurants. I could have fucked those men's wives anytime they're telling me all the shit they needed to tell their husbands oh he won't listen to me oh they'd clam up friends used to tease me they were like yeah man I don't see why you sitting there listening to all that shit you know you listen to all these women banter and blah 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 and I say well here's the thing I see you trying to talk to all of those women. You're getting nowhere. Because you're talking to them. Sometimes, if you listen to them, a woman tell you everything you need to know about her. With no shame. Because you're using the same approach other guys have used. That's the reason why the shit doesn't work. But see, as men, we're looked upon as if we listen to a woman, 
you know, that impugns our masculinity. That makes us look weak. Nope. It doesn't. It makes you informed. Let me tell you something. I was trying to talk to a lady one night. And I was kind of getting nowhere with her at first. And it was this other lady that came over to me. And she says, I see you're trying to talk to my friend. I said, yeah, she's nice. She says, um, I guarantee you're going by it the wrong way. I said, how so? She says, her man that she's getting ready to leave always talks to her. But he never listens. I said, well... I'm not going to mess around with a woman that has a man now. Then I try to make a move on her. She said, oh, no, no, I got a husband. Uh Uh-uh. (laughs) You're not coming here with that. I said, okay, cool. I didn't know. You didn't have your ring on. She said, but she's going to be single in about two weeks. Her divorce will be finalized. She says, "Uh, I'll keep in touch. She said, give me your number and I'll work you in. About a month later, this lady called me. For about, I say, 15 minutes, she told me about everything that was wrong in her situation when I met her. After she got that out of her system, she actually started carrying on the conversation. Went on a date and went down to San Diego the following weekend. What I found out. She was afraid to talk because he had all the answers. He was basically telling her what to do and everything else. And the reason why he was doing that was because he was insecure. He didn't want to be the guy that said, I don't know about things. He wanted to be the guy that always had an answer, whether it was right, wrong, or indifferent. He always wanted to be right. And that was difficult for her. And many of those emotions that she held in, oh, she released them in San Diego, let me tell you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she released them in San Diego. That man had missed out on some good pussy. But, in all fairness, though, she was, she had a lot of pent-up demand. And one thing that I realized was that She wasn't having sex. This woman was making love. See, there's a difference, fellas. When you're having sex with a woman, it's just sex. Oh, you you humping and getting it over with. Mm Mm-mm. When she wants to have that conversation with you and you're having sex, and she's making plans... And she's talking to you, asking you, how's this, how's that, how's this working for you, how that's working for you. What happens, you build a rapport. But see, a lot of guys get impatient. They don't want to do that shit. They want it now. And you have some guys that, you know, they feel as though they paid for something. I bought dinner. All right, give me some pussy. There's some men that are like that. 
But see, you got to remember, some of them were brought up only from the male perspective. I was very fortunate growing up on a college campus. I saw how the guys moved on women and how the women moved on guys. So I got a balanced approach. Because I remember, I tried some of the shit that some of the guys at the barbershop used to say. That shit did not work. <laughs> that shit, that was good. It was good talking. <laughs> but it didn't do a damn thing when it came down to communicating with a woman or getting to know her. Didn't work at all. And then I realized women do the same thing. And this is the communications gap. And when you have a broader perspective from two sides of the equation, you kind of know where things fit in the middle. Now, Gary, you also have to consider the fact that an element of our personality is probably evolving. It's probably coming out. It's probably already been there more than likely, but now she feels comfortable enough to let it peak. That's a high level of insecurity that she has. And it's impacting your job. She doesn't want to go to therapy. And I see where you may have no other option but to leave. For your own mental and emotional health. And sometimes you have to do that with relationships. You have to end them so it won't end you. And some people don't want to do that because their pride is so important. Their pride is so relevant. I'm just going to hang in there. I'm not a loser. I'm not a failure. If you're treating a relationship like a damn finals exam in college, you're crazy. If it doesn't work out, your mental health, your emotional health is far more important than being in a bullshit relationship where you're stressed out all the time. Hating to go home. I had co-workers that used to go and work overtime so they didn't have to go home to see their wives. They take the long run home. Hell, I used to do it. Stop at the bar. Try to decompress. And sometimes you decompress them from the job and not necessarily the task you have at home. That was my thing. I had to decompress from the job because I had to put up with some bullshit at work. So when I came home, I wasn't the same person I was at work. At work, I had to be vicious. Didn't have to do that at home. Because we had a very competitive environment at work. Doggy, dog, cutthroat, everything else. Backstabbing, you name it. People try to make you look bad. You're working on a project with another individual and his team, and that individual has finished their portion of the project, didn't share anything with you, and you guys are supposed to be working on it together. And then they go and tell the boss, hey, you know what? We've completed our portion of the task. What did you coordinate with the other group? Well, no, because um, they were behind us. Well, you know, you guys were supposed to work in tandem. Yeah, but we finished first. That's the kind of mindset. 
we're dealing with in that environment. Now, the thing is, people will try to avoid. Women do the same thing in different ways. They might go and have a glass of wine, have dinner with their co-workers before they go home. And then you have those that loathe going home. They got to go and decompress from work and then build up that armor again because when they get home, it's going to be Vietnam over lingering, lingering issues that weren't resolved. That gets old after a while. But some people figure out a way to stay in it. They enhance their coping skills. And you have some people that just don't have coping skills. They want to be in charge. If they're not in charge, they want to have a damn thing to do with that relationship. You'll find this very true with con artists. They want to be in control. Because they've mastered the art of manipulation. So, if I were in your shoes, sir, my mental and emotional health would be more important. I'm just speaking for me. It's up to you because you're the one living in this situation, not me. Now, dealing with hyper-vigilant people when it comes to emotion. I've done this, my share of it, especially in California, Southern Cal especially. Well, people get offended when you're being truthful. Even now in our present day, the same thing occurs. When did the word fat become bad? Well, we made it that way. Kind of funny. Short isn't considered bad. You call a woman fat, it's offensive. A woman calls a man short, it's not. Explain that. So what this means is that it's okay for women to offend men, but if a man tells the truth, now the woman could be telling the truth about the guy being short, but it's not supposed to be offensive. But if you say she's fat, that's offensive. She can call him old. Oh, he's an old man. Let a man call a woman old. Oh, she's an old woman. Again, that balance of equality is skewed. Now, there are some women that are out there who will say, hey, you know, fair game. They believe in true egalitarianism where everything is equal. You have others say, well, you know, I want things equal, but I want it weighted towards my advantage because I'm a woman. And this is where the discrepancy is, even with the feminist movement. You see, one thing that you have to realize in our society, we would love to have a black and white type society. We don't. We have all kind of various shades of gray in between. We don't like to admit it, but that's where we are. Just because we have Democrat, Republican, 
that doesn't represent the majority of people. Most people are moderates. That's the reason why we have a stabilized government. Because if it was at either extreme, it would fail. You look at many of these countries that have gone extremist. They haven't lasted long. The reason being, they get overconfident. I look in history at the 42 different empire, the 42 different uh, emperors that Rome had. It seems to me, with that legacy, Rome should still be it this very day. But what happened? When you have one leader that has a lot of power, absolute power, and they're at a point where they are corrupt, not the power itself. No. We love to say that power is corrupt and that money, you know, is evil and all the root of all evil. That's bullshit. It's us. That's where it starts. It's our intentions. That's what makes it bad. Some people use this same argument when they talk about the gun laws. Guns kill people. Guns are the things that kill people. People. I mean, people are things that kill people. Guns don't, right? But what it has to do with, again, is us. And when you have access to something, and you're irresponsible, or are you so self-aggrandized? There's an air of invincibility that takes place. A sense of power and empowerment. But the only way it takes place is people have to be compliant for it to happen. So you have a charismatic person that's going out there pontificating and all of the underlings that underneath that know better and know that the emperor has no clothes say nothing because they benefit a lot of times from saying nothing well he's not really cracking a joke on me it's just like being in a comedy store when the guy's cracking jokes on the audience what are people trying to do they don't want to be seen because they, they don't want the comedian to come after them the same way. Same dynamic. I don't want him coming after me. A lot of those presidential candidates on the Republican side, they're going to get wiped out. For one reason. I could be wrong on this. But if you notice what Trump did in 2016 and 2020, what did he do? He did something very fundamental that a child does. 
He gives them nicknames. Why? Because most Americans, they can relate. Something that's simple. Little Marco. And what happened? Once they started calling them those names and having that put in their head, he was then dehumanized and looked more as a kid, a caricature of an adult, of a politician. If you ever want to see a master of manipulation, Donald Trump is it. I'll give him credit. That's the reason why I'm not mad at him, because here's the thing. It's the people who follow him and who lay down for him and who cover for him and making excuses for him. Those are the people that are most dangerous. He could get four years in office and not do a damn thing. He could just sit behind his desk. It's the idiots that are going to go and act out in order to try and press him. Those are the ones you got to watch. You look at DeSantis, what did he do? He took everything from the Trump playbook when he was running for governor down there in Florida, talking about build a wall with his kid. And now he's trying to distance himself. Who's going to take him seriously? Nobody. Because Trump is original. I'm not a Trump supporter by no stretch. But I will acknowledge somebody when they are good at something, whether it's being good at being bad. I'll acknowledge it. But I think what has happened, we have now bought into so much hype in our society that we don't know where the hell we are. We're hypersensitive now over every little thing. Our lexicon changes. Constantly. You remember when they would say, man, that car, that's a badass car you got. Now they say it's fire. You just change the word. Same shit. That's the way dating is. The same kind of personalities you met years ago only thing is now you have more of a manifestation of them online because people can have their alter egos online now more readily than they could in the past. Happy you didn't know some of these people existed with some of the things that they contend with. Hell, I didn't know until the podcast. I knew about some of the things that they would write on the blog and on the message board and on the bulletin boards years ago. But since this, these people have come out with some things that I never even thought about that people contend with in relationships. Issues. Concerns. Dilemmas. A woman debating whether or not her 13-year-old daughter should get a vibrator. Because the daughter asked for one. The other woman 
She had a 16-year-old daughter asked for the same thing. I made the distinction between the 16-year-old versus the 13-year-old based on age of consent. But it's up to her to make the decision as a parent. Hell, if I was a parent, I'm glad I'm not one because my daughter wouldn't date until she's 70. <laughs> Dad, when can, when, I, when can I come out of the basement? <laughs> no, honey, you got to stay in there because uh, if a guy gets you pregnant, I can tell you right now, you're going to marry him. I have to go get my old musket and put it in his back. <laughs> it's not going to be a shotgun wedding, it'll be a musket wedding. Now it'll be one of, uh, what was the gun? A blunderbliss? It, it was a, like a shotgun where you could put all kind of shit in it, like nails and rocks and everything, and shoot it, but you could only shoot it one time. They had a funny looking uh, end on it like a horn. Hell yeah. My daughter would have no idea. I'd be like Secret Service taking her to school. Doing <laughs> a walkie-talkie with my wife. She's now entering the building. Have a drone overhead. <laughs> Guy come over there, try to talk to her. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> intruder alert, intruder alert. The guy would be standing there and be a SWAT team around her. I just wanted to say hello to her. <laughs> now my son, if I had a son, he'd be different. First of all, he'd be wearing a helmet, black jacket. Yeah, probably would have uh, I don't know. Maybe a gun turret in the house. I'm just kidding. I'll probably just buy him something like an F-18 Grumman. No, I wouldn't. I'll be nicer. I'll get my F-14 Tomcat. Keep the boy entertained a bit. I don't even think they make those anymore. When I was in the Marine Corps, those things were very good. They were very handy. I was thankful to the pilots that knew how to use them. When I first got in, they were getting ready to decommission the F-4s, F-4 Phantom. I'm glad they did, because our captain, his nose looked like the nose of an F-4. And it was funny, because we used to always bust out laughing in formation, because every time this guy came out, in the formation, a damn F-4 Phantom would be flying somewhere in the background. It never failed. And that's the reason why we called him Phantom Jet and he didn't know it. <laughs> it happens. But now, the other thing we have to look at too, with this era of hype, is that people are, they're inundated with a lot of information. And it's becoming more difficult to process that. For some. Where they can actually respond, where they can actually 
understand and you even see it now as I told you I was on Bumble and um, my membership is expiring on the 16th of June and I'm not renewing I only signed up for one month and I think it was like 30 some odd dollars and it's funny whenever you leave these dating apps they have all of these people that like you all of a sudden that shit doesn't happen when you're on the app though does it well here's the thing when you actually pay might have a few but here's the interesting thing there was one lady that contacted me and she was so busy chatting with guys that she gave me a whole conversation that was totally irrelevant to what we were talking about and I wrote her back and I said I think you got me mixed up with someone else you're chatting with and she said oh I'm sorry and then she went on how you doing what's your name blah 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 I'm like you know um, we exchanged all that information at the beginning of our thread you might want to go back up on the thread and check and I thought it was a scammer well this lady called me she called me the wrong guy's name telling me about a conversation that she had had I guess with someone else and she thought that I was that person and then once she realized I wasn't interested she hung up you will find people that will stretch themselves like that. The one thing that I tell you about dating apps is this. If you get to a point where you're getting confused because you're chatting with too many people, you might want to go and look at certain things such as asking certain questions. A lot of women do it. They'll say, well, what are you looking for? And I say, I clearly stated it on my profile. Why don't you read it? You already know that that's going to be a no-go, a non-starter. They're not reading. They want you to go and tell them. Well, if I put it on the profile for a reason. For you to read it before you contacted me instead of swiping right because you like the picture. One thing that I always go by if a person references something from your profile that shows genuine interest if they're asking you a whole shitload of questions that are obviously on your profile they don't care they don't pay attention to detail so that might not be the best choice as far as trying to get to know that person they probably couldn't even tell you what's on their profile that's what's so pathetic about it and ladies, another thing, now that we're on profiles, please don't let your daughters, your 20-some-odd-year-old daughters, write your profile for your, your teenage daughters. Because many of them will use verbiage that you don't use. Many of them will embellish you on things that you're not accustomed to. Because they're trying to, of course, get mom the best guy possible. And sometimes they overdo it. I looked at one profile, this lady had contacted me, and I knew she wasn't the one that contacted me. Just based on 
the conversation she started with. Hey, what's up? 50-year-old woman starting a conversation like that. And she's using a lot of, you know, modern slang. And I said, either she's an older woman that's trying to act like she's young, or she's a young girl trying to get her mom introduced to a guy. So I asked the call. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. I got to get to know you first. Blah, 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 blah. So I wasted a good, I'll say, 15 minutes chatting back and forth with this person. Then I asked her, are you the person in the photo? Or are you just her daughter or somebody who created the profile for her? Got blocked. I knew what was up. So, ladies, make sure you have a hand in the development of your profile. Don't let your kids just go up there, create a profile for you, throw your pictures up there, and then say, Mom, oh, you got a hit. And then you go, they go and they start interacting with the person. Mm-mm. And ladies, another thing, too, while we're on the subject of profiles. You know when you take a picture with your daughters? or with co-workers or other female, you might want to take the picture by yourself. Because if there's another woman in there that's hotter than you, I'm telling you, just to be honest with you, that might be the focus of that person. And by you saying, oh, well, she's married and she's happily married, she's just, uh, well, that doesn't mean anything to some people. They'll date you just so that they can meet that person. Fool yourselves. Now, another thing. Men don't do this as much as women do on their profiles. Ladies, when you say something to the effect of, my family comes first, men think, okay, that means I will come last. In both senses. So therefore, what that means then is that you're not ready. Everybody loves the family. I mean, that's nothing new. That's no secret. But the problem is, by you putting it in the profile, that's a deal breaker as men see it. So he doesn't want to sit there and babysit with grandkids. He doesn't want to sit there and, you know, be with your family 24-7 because that's all your dates consist of. I've been down that road before. Lady told me she was close to her family. I was like, oh, really? That's cool. Didn't know our first date would consist of being around them the whole night. We had plans to go to the movies that night. Nope. We sat there. That's where it went. Didn't get to know her. Got to know about her. Didn't get anything from her perspective, but got everything from the family's perspective. So her baby pictures, all this stuff about her. And believe me, it was a good treasure trove of information to know. But here is the problem. The next date, our second date, we had to go over to her sister's house because sister was cooking dinner. That was our date. Every date consisted of some venue where family were involved. Well, 
I eventually said something about it, and then I was the worst thing on the face of the planet. I love my family. How dare you? I'm like, the only thing I said was, we just probably needed to have some time together on our own date instead of involving family activities. But she took it, and what she heard was, you don't like my family. very careful about that. We already assume that you love your family, ladies, without a doubt. You have to prove us wrong on that. But when you state it, what that means is that, like, family come first, that looks like we last. And some of you guys will talk about how your business comes first. No bueno. Because, see, the one thing the person's not looking for it's someone that's going to eat up their time and it not be worth it. The worst kind of date or dating situation you could possibly be in as well is one where they have kind of scheduled you in for a certain time slot. I hate those. What do I mean? Let's say you have a date and the person says, well, you know, I got a couple of hours I can spend with you. So let's say from six to eight, you guys are eating dinner. And then at eight, they're gone. You don't see that person again until maybe a couple of weeks later and they say, well, you know, I got an hour. And then you go for that one hour, then you're gone. Now, some people would go and rifle for time. In other words, you're going and trying to let them know, hey, you know, you need to spend more time with me. I'm the total opposite. If I see you're preoccupied like that, fuck you, I'm moving on. I'm wasting my time. Especially if it's a situation where you're accustomed to the routine of being single and you haven't thought about actually accommodating a relationship because see, sometimes people get caught up in their singles routine and what they want is a partner that's going to fall in line with that only. And that's problematic. Now, another thing for you guys. A lot of women will talk about how they don't want to have sex or anything like that anytime too soon, etc., etc., they become sex phobic. A lot of times when they are doing this, it's because they've given up the pussy too soon and got left with nothing but feeling. That's the reason why they're so hypervigilant on sex. They've been down that road before. Like I tell you, women will lie about the numbers. Their age, their weight, the number of men they've slept with, sometimes their height. But they could ask those of men, and we would be rude if we chose not to answer. That's the double standard that a lot of these guys in the MGTOW movement and all the rest, that's one of the reasons why they're upset. Because they look at it from the standpoint, women can get away with these things, but if a man goes and does it or bees himself, there's a problem. 
all about perception. But see, the problem for many people that go on the extreme MGTOW or, you know, MGTOW movement where the women are going their own way, females going their own way, is that they have had a bad experience, usually under limited circumstances. It could be their location. It could be the person that they wanted that they didn't get. And that was enough to trigger them to go in the opposite direction of being against women or being against men because of that. But then again, you got to ask yourself, would you want to be with someone that's triggered that easily? Probably not. Dating is tough. Trying to get a sustained relationship is tough. Trying to find someone that's emotionally stable is tough. And when I say emotionally stable, I'm not talking about somebody that's perfect. I'm talking about somebody that's managing their insecurities and their addictions and all of the things that threaten them. You don't have to master them, you have to manage them. And there's a big distinction. So, you meet someone that smokes when you don't. That person's deceived you and said they didn't smoke. Would you continue the relationship? A lot of you have conditions like, well, you know, as long as you do it outside, as long as it's not around me, as long as you don't smell like that around me. Now, what are some of the considerations you have to look at? That person's going to break the rules at some point. And then they're going to qualify it. Because that addiction carries more weight than you do because they've known that addiction longer than they've known you. So who's going to win that fight? So it comes down to something that you will tolerate and eventually have to accept. Because your tolerance is someone else's acceptance. And sometimes we don't like hearing that. Because we still want to have our options and our choices. Why do you think some of these people who are in relationships and married talk about they're single when they're away from their spouse or partner? They still want their options, the option of autonomy. They feel trapped a lot of times. They don't feel as though they're being fulfilled in a relationship. And then many of them stay in a relationship because of the fact that they don't want to lose. They don't want to face the fact that they've made a poor choice in the partner they've chosen. Or they were the poor choice in the relationship. Instead, what they would rather do is just wallow in it, find some other poor sucker to come in and bring them down to the level that they're in. Nobody wants to do that, usually. Now, tomorrow, what we're going to talk about has to do with you being in a relationship, married or committed to someone, and getting into another relationship with someone who's married or committed. It'd be pretty interesting. Take care.
We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes, in the event for professional assistance. Please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.